Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 419. On this episode, we'll be talking about some recent episodes of USA Network's Briar Patch, CBS's Tommy, and NBC's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and the series premiere episodes of Amazon's Hunters and Netflix's Lock and Key. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 419. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and joining me this week... I'm Linton, contributor to TV Times 3, otherwise known as Mrs. TVaholic. And I'm Ivy from somewhere that didn't come up with a great quip about he's not from anywhere.com. All right, well, uh, thank you both for joining me <laughs> on this episode. After uh, actually typing, starting to type up the outline, saw that there was actually a few things that had uh, been announced here recently. Uh, so thought we'd do a little news to start things out. Uh, first up, Amazon has renewed Bosch for a seventh and final season. It just doesn't seem like it's that Amazon's had TV long, <laughs> like <laughs> that. There's going to be seven seasons of something that was one of their well, near in their first uh, round of stuff. Uh, In probably... news that excite fathers everywhere, <laughs> Bosch was exciting. I like Bosch. Yeah, the, my dad will watch it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and then uh, BET Plus has renewed Bigger for a second season. Uh, HBO Max announced that there will be an unscripted uh, Friends reunion special that will be recorded to be added to the HBO Max streaming service upon launch in May uh, Pretty much deep. of this year, along with the, what is it, the 220-something episodes of of the series. Yeah, pretty much the uh, least surprising news ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they really need some extra money, those ca- that cast members is probably, you know, they're really suffering financially, so they probably needed a little boost right now, didn't they? What I liked is the is is the headlines were all the the reunion you've been waiting for, and I'm like, I don't think an hour long sit down interview or whatever they're going to do, they're calling it an unscripted special, uh, is the reunion that everybody's been clamoring for. Like, yeah, maybe all six of them haven't been like on the same stage at the same time. For something, but uh, it's not like none of them have ever gotten together for anything or, or whatever. But uh, it was just another one of those uh, news stories that you're like, oh, what are they doing? Oh, they're doing an hour long special that they're gonna put out when they have their <laughs> the series back on their own streaming service. Okay, I wasn't super stoked <laughs> to hear that that's what's coming. Well, by the time the marketing is all said and done, you will probably think that you were super stoked the whole time <laughs> to believe that this is what you've been waiting for your entire life. That's right. True. I mean, I'm sure I'll I'll watch it if uh, I happen to end up with HBO Max as a streaming service, just to just to see. But uh, yeah, and then uh, NBC has renewed The Blacklist for an eighth season. Uh, again, another show that uh, I was like, really? That's been on that long? <laughs> like, yeah. 
That's that's a show I keep thinking is going to peter out, and every year they find a way to make that mystery interesting again. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I fell off around season four-ish, I think. But then it becomes one of those that now you go, it's one of those shows where you're like, oh, I'd like to pick that back up. I did like that show. And then you're like, wait. Now I'm three seasons. I'm gonna be three seasons yeah. behind. <laughs> no, I think I think you'd be okay because honestly, like there was a twist this year that I didn't understand, and I I asked the guys at the the Blacklist podcast, those yeah. guys, I asked them, and they're like the the explanation I didn't understand. I realized it didn't matter. I didn't care. <laughs> I just I just I'm just enjoying the show, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was. Uh, I should be able to plug that podcast better than by just by saying <laughs> our friends at that blacklist yeah. podcast, the blacklist, <laughs> the blacklist exposed. Thank you. With Aaron and Troy. Aaron and Troy. It was Troy that helped me out. But yeah, that well, that uh, remind it makes me remember something that somebody said last night is, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, lastly, uh, Netflix has renewed Atypical for a fourth and final season. Yeah, it looks is, like uh, four seasons is going to be the max for Netflix moving forward, doesn't it? It it could be, although there's some shows that they that they drop like spinning out, and then they cancel it within like two weeks. Yet they keep sending me emails saying continue on with spinning out, and I'm like, but you're not. <laughs> Why should I? Well, I think their I think their model is a month, right? So a month after, because if you look at it, it was a month after premiere for spinning out for, for uh, for the stuff that they cancel right away. It's a month after. It's almost to the day a month after premiere. Was so it a month. It seems like it was shorter than that. Yeah, it was almost to the day that spinning out and the other the other December premiere that they canceled right away. So I think that's their new model. If if it doesn't gain traction in a month, it's boom right away but it looks like it looks like four seasons is their new is the new seven seasons especially for netflix well i could see that like uh i get it i i there's something about like the way the deals go and stuff like that that uh you know the difference for them of having another season on their service and for what it costs to do like a fifth season or a sixth season of a show is is not the same as the model used to be when say like friends was on and they're like, we're bringing in boatloads of cash with ads. We can drop a million dollars per actor on per episode and we're still going to be making bank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when you got to, when contracts and things start going up and the price of production starts going up, adding a, you know, a fifth or sixth or seventh season to a show and you, you're spending way, way more for those than you were for the initial ones. It's not necessarily financially beneficially additive to their service, mm-hmm. the, way, the way that their stuff works. Cause it's only by the, you know, the numbers of people, uh, you know, that are buying their service, you know, and if uh, people aren't canceling, because some of these shows are not making it fast, whatever. If they continue to keep subscribing with that, then that's the way it's gonna it's gonna work. 
I mean, there are are some shows that you would probably, you know, you get to like a show. Of course, you'd want to see more if it's still doing good work. Like if it's not, uh, you know, like you were saying about the blacklist, like they're still having, they're still figuring out a way to make it interesting each season. They're not just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just running out the clock <laughs> as far as the intel, you know, the ratings drop so far or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it does look like probably around four seasons is the max. Maybe a Netflix show is going to get, unless it's like, maybe something huge, huge, huge that gets, I could see, I could see a stranger things maybe doing more because it's out there like in the zeitgeist more than anything else is of their shows. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's worth it. But for other stuff that's just doing like really well watch wise on their service, but not necessarily uh, in the pop, uh, pop culture icon of some sort probably is uh, four four seasons and out on a lot of stuff well that'll be the interesting to see interesting thing to see with stranger things because it's coming up on yeah and because that's that will be the crazy thing because it it's got the popularity it's got the zeitgeist thing but it also has the constraint of having to deal with kids that are aging themselves out of being able to play those characters (laughs) unless it deals with time jumps so which it very well may you know, we it would make know sense, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, the times they are changing, but I still think the dropping something after a month, even if it hasn't like hit whatever numbers, uh, is kind of weird because if it's something built to be an ongoing, you know, story, I mean, I hope maybe uh, creators or whatever will make you know, sort of a close-in story that can be continued or something like that. So at least uh, those shows become something that would be worth watching. Because uh, sometimes yeah. there's just the shows where you, you're like, well, I don't want to jump into that. Like, uh, that looks like that's going to end in such a way or that's going to have, you're going to want to continue. And uh, I mean, I think there's a balance, right? Because spinning out and soundtrack, the two that I really got into that were those December premieres and January cancels this year were they told complete stories, but there was definitely more to tell at the end of them. Right. I mean, they definitely set up lead ins for the next season, but they weren't like the society, which completely had more to tell, like that it was completely an open ended story. Um, So I think there's the balance, right? You've got to you've got to be able to set up to tell more. But at the same time, I mean, I think I think if you were to watch all of spinning out, if you were to finish that season, whether you like it or not, you're getting a complete story. Yeah. But there's certainly more after. Right. There's certainly more story to tell. It doesn't it doesn't end. Right. You're not getting in. You're not getting Avengers Endgame where the story is over. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of uh, of more of like trying to set up something at Netflix that is built on you know, the cliffhangery season ending type of thing. Like your your right. first season builds to your second season to your third season type of thing. And you're not really giving a, you might give a, there might be a conclusion to the season, but you really have set up something much more major. And uh, that seems like possibly something that could be hard to do if your show doesn't hit the numbers, but then maybe they're not going to, 
green light a lot of those types of shows or whatever. If because uh, I don't know, as a if I were the owner of a streaming service, I wouldn't have a bunch of series out there that uh, you're like, yeah, we got a lot of content, but <laughs> you don't get any, you don't get any into any of these stories. Feel f- have fun watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it's sad that it's gotten to the point with streaming services where you, you need to give them a chance. I mean, we're in the golden age of television and there's so much stuff, but it's so algorithm based. It's not based on, you know, word of mouth or whatever, or, you know, they're not marketing stuff. It's like really spend the money on those ones that you've financed. Like we all know that stranger things is on Netflix. So we don't like, I don't know. It's just a pet peeve of mine. It's like, give, give something a chance. A month isn't enough to me, but, but- but then go back and look at what happened two Novembers ago to a little show that that was that that did nothing on on a, a little network called Lifetime and then exploded because of word of mouth. And you watched it and you watched it and I watched it. Yep. and you loved it. and <laughs> and everybody watched you. And I mean, that was an algorithm that exploded. So Netflix has proven that it does happen and they bought it and and ran with it and and is doing phenomenally with it. So, I mean, the the whole thing for Netflix is their their win solution, their best case outcome is different than every other network. They're driving subscribers. They're not driving their their goal isn't how many people watch it. It's how many people it gets to retain their subscription rate, which is just That's a different win metric than everything. Yeah, absolutely. So That's very true. Changes it. But to me, I think there's the possibility that like, as you go out a few more years, if you start being known as, it's one thing to be known as Fox kill sci-fi or whatever. Mm. And you stop watching Fox or whatever, they're broadcast network. They're, you know, whole different thing but if you get tired of a show of, of a thing that's canceling all your shows and you stop watching it you're going to stop paying for it here i think there's the potential that it could lead to subscriber loss down the road if there's too many things that people like and they feel like they're not getting they're just getting a lot of one season things that they're not getting you know continuing on with and uh, but it's hard to say on some things cuz you could go Maybe they need to, you know, like a show like Spinning Out, they didn't really do a whole lot of promotion leading up to it, and then it was out, but then you go back to when Stranger Things started, and they didn't say anything about anything, and that thing dropped and it exploded because of, you know, because of the show was so good and and hit at a certain demographic that uh, loves going back to the 80s. Yeah. they didn't really promote Witcher either. Fans did. Word of mouth. Did. And then they, you know, and so it, it, there is some of that stuff where I guess that's almost what they're doing is like they're throwing stuff out there. And if it hits, then they get behind it. <laughs> almost is what sure. it feels like sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the news. <laughs> that's atypical. <laughs> and we'll move <laughs> on to the, uh, Prime time uh, segment. Prime time. And uh, the redhead edition. (laughs) And uh, continue uh, talking about uh, Netflix shows with uh, Lock and Key. 
season one, episode one, uh, welcome to Matheson. And uh, you've watched the whole thing, haven't you, Ivy? I have. I'm just realizing they changed the name. Of, I think they changed the name of the town from the books, too. Yes, I have watched the whole thing. That's yes, was your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what did you think of, uh, you know, going back? What did you think of the premiere? And then without obviously giving anything away, how do you think that it's it does well setting up what you went on to watch? I, I really liked it. I think now, and because I'm not, I wasn't familiar with the source material going in. Um, I, and I also wasn't, other than knowing that they've been working on getting this show to series for a, for a long time with several pilots at several networks over the years, I wasn't, wasn't intimately familiar with the history. So um, learning about that after the fact um, and, and understanding that the Hulu pilot, which was the most recent, I want to call it failed, but unsuccessful attempt, um, was much more of a, of a horror pilot or a, a horror take. Um, and that very specifically when they brought it to Netflix, um, they went in the direction of making it much more fantasy driven than horror driven. Um, I think for me made it a show that I was going to be much more interested in. And so the benefit is I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of the show. Um, I liked the casting and I know there's grins on the face of the people against Skype. Um, but the casting I think was really good. Um, not just Darby Stanfield, um, but the, I think the kids in particular, um, were particularly well, the, the kids and the kids in particular were particularly well done. How's that for some horrible phrasing? Um, I I've since since seeing the full show, I've gone back and read the graphic novels. I did that over the course of the last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of differences. Um, but I think they did a really good job of finding a different way to tell the same story. Um, if they get the opportunity, and I think they will. I don't know how well received the show was was from a numbers perspective because we don't really ever get to see Netflix's ratings for lack of a better term. But it was March 7th. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's true. (laughs) um, But it sounds like there was a much bigger push behind it. I mean, there's been there's been a press tour, right? There's been press junkets. There's been interviews out there. Um, We've seen. Um, the cast uh, do the rounds as it were. Um, so we've seen everybody out there. Um, it looks like it was pretty well received. So um, I really liked it. What about you guys? Yeah. How about you, Lynn? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I get very chatty while I'm watching TV, much to the dismay of my husband, because I've been talking a lot watching television and there was one part, you know, and this is something maybe Ivy, you can speak to, but for a bit, our favorite redhead, one of our favorite redheads, Darby Stanchfield, um, her character was like very irresponsible with parenting. And most of the time I don't really care, but I was like, what you did this. And I'm like yelling at the TV screen. And I know that's not, it, it, I think it became more of a reveal later on in, in the first episode as explaining a bit why things were the way they were. 
And I'm wondering, um, you know, I need to see a little bit more, but I'm wondering from you, Ivy, was there a little bit more of a reveal further on into like the sort of family dynamics relationship kind of thing and her kind of, I don't want to say. You have to remind me what, what she did specifically. Oh, well, it was just, you know, they arrive at the family home and the kids take off and the young one gets like, you know, falls in a well kind of, you know, like I felt like, you know, kind of one of those things. It was like, oh, you know, littlest, not the littlest hobo is the dog, you know, Johnny's fallen into a well kind of deal. And just seemed like so oblivious. Your kids take off, like your young child takes off in a place he doesn't really know. And she just seemed so completely distracted. And then I find out, you know, through that episode, there was some pretty crazy things that had happened that got them there. But I just, I don't know. And I don't normally feel that way about things, but it just, I was like, what is she doing? Like, why are like, she didn't notice her kid's been gone for hours. And I don't know. It was just a weird thing that just stuck with me more than anything in the show. I mean, no, I mean, obviously, obviously the, the tragedy, and I can't remember how much is revealed in the first episode because this is one of those things that has changed a lot from the first comic to the first Hulu episode, apparently, um, to the, to the first episode of television. I mean, of the, of the Netflix of what's revealed in, so how much have you guys, have you guys just watched the first episode? First episode there. I mean, I do remember what specifically happened that led them there, like yeah. the, the tragedy of the, the father and everything. So yeah. that made me think that that's part and parcel of the whole thing. And I thought it was just a weird, it at first it didn't feel like a plot point. It just felt like bad writing and bad. I don't know. I, I, I I'm doing a terrible job of verbalizing this, but it I'm not gonna, stuck in my head. And it's been a while since I've watched it. So, I mean, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend the parenting choice A because I'm not a parent, and B, I'm not the writer. But at the same time, you know, she's coming to her husband's childhood home, where um, where Duncan. The, the uncle, you know, you, you know, they walk into the home and Dun- Duncan doesn't stop the kids from running around and says, hey, this area isn't safe. So d- she kind of has the the tacit approval of the uncle who has been caretaking the house. So I, I don't know. I, it, it's not something that comes up again. And this is kind of one of those stranger things slash Goonies situation where if you don't let the kids run wild, you don't have a television show. True. <laughs> So that that is true. And I and and that was one of the things I thought, well, you know, it it's one of those things that bothered me, but I felt like it was more of a plot point later on. So um, I also remember in my youth, you know, it was come home before the lights, you know, before the street lights come out. So exactly. Some exactly. parents in some neighborhoods and some, you know, I mean some areas of the country are still like still it's still okay to be that way. So yeah, true. Jason. Where were you on the show? Yeah. For me, I liked it. I liked the cast and everything. Uh, the one, uh, the one kid that was from uh, Falling Skies, and uh, and then having the uh, I can never remember which one you just it played Duncan. You know, one of the uh, one, one of the Ashmore's, one of the Ashmore <laughs> twins. Uh, they're always uh, <laughs> they're always good, and. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. I thought it 
thought it was, I mean, I, you got to kind of jump right into things or whatever, but I kind of felt like they got there and then boom, they're like way into knowing or too much about the, these, these things or whatever, like, uh, almost too much happens at the end of like the very first episode or something. I, it, it seemed like it would take a little longer because the time frame is they've only been there for, you know, like a day or so. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and all of a sudden all this stuff is happening. And, and so that felt too quick, but then I also get it. Like you can't just have the first episode, not have anything happen. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, in, in the show's defense, they don't really know. Yeah, don't, they don't know anything by the end of the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much more to unpack. Yeah. Well, I mean, they know and have gotten into like a you know stuff like at the end with the mom and going into the mirror and all that type of stuff. Like they've they've gone more than just like he's trying to uh, convince them that you know he can travel through doors or whatever and stuff yeah. and doesn't uh, and things. Uh, I did feel that it was, I don't know, it was a little too dismissive of, at the same time, it felt like it was a little too dismissive of him finding stuff or, or having things and them, uh, you know, questioning what he's hearing. Like, it was, they were too easy to be like, oh, that's just, uh, that's nothing or whatever. You're probably just hearing the wind or whatever type of thing. But the thing I, even though it's been a while since I saw it, I remember liking the Fox pilot a lot when they, you know, it never got aired, but they showed it at Comic-Con one year. Uh, and so it was in one of the six rooms with, you know, a hundred, a few hundred of my closest friends watching the, the failed pilot air. And uh, I really remember liking that. And so... I don't know. This one felt like it came up short to that, but then I don't know where this is going. Like, and I don't know where that was going to go either. Like, uh, I could, it could be one of those where I like the pilot better of that one, but this is, ends up being ultimately a better show. Who knows what they were going to, you know, the story they were going to tell or how they were going to tell it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, going back and thinking of like, uh, Miranda Otto, and Jesse McCartney and Nick Stahl and uh and stuff Mark Pellegrino in the in that original one that uh, never got to like the very 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 first shot <laughs> at trying yeah. to trying to put this on yeah i know that's i know that's that's somehow leaked online and i keep meaning to track it down i don't think it's it's like on youtube or or vimeo or something and i keep meaning to to track it down and watch it but I keep not doing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's too many, like, new things all the time to try and watch. Like, uh, yeah, like you you watch all 10 episodes of this, and you're like, uh, oh, I could go watch, or I could start in on this new thing or this other yeah. thing that's, uh, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I, I liked it. It's on the list to continue on with, you know, uh, and, uh, and keep going, because I, I like... Uh, you know, these type of things that have sort of that, you know, what's going on, some sort of, uh, you know, otherworldly type stuff. Uh, I don't think I would have been on board if, for 
like you said, the Hulu one was supposed to be more a horror version type of thing. Like if it was more in that genre, I don't think I would have would be as interested in because uh, that's not really my bag of uh, mm-hmm. of for entertainment. Yeah, the comics are definitely horror. I mean, they're I mean they're written by I mean they were cre- the the comics are created by Stephen King's son, so it's it is definitely a horror story. But but the show is is certainly more fantasy based, and I appreciate the difference. Yeah, I think I like that genre better more more often than not than uh, than that. But uh, I think we'll move on to the next show. Completely uh, change key. <laughs> talk about uh, CBS's Tommy. Uh, season one, episode three, Lifetime Achievement is the uh, last episode that's aired, but. Uh, what do you what are you thinking about Tommy through the first couple episodes at least uh, Ivy? <laughs> um, Tommy was not a show I was planning on watching, and I um I I mean I don't get me wrong I, I like Edie Falco I like the idea um, although I felt like there was you know there was the the atypical uh, person becomes the L.A chief of police and then there's the atypical person becomes the uh la sheriff yeah i want the crossover yeah i feel like we got both of those deputy and um and so i wasn't planning on watching this and yeah you know, i decided to give the pilot a shot just because and i mean i said edie falco does a phenomenal job she does a phenomenal job in everything she's in um i just didn't want another cop show um, and when this, this show became can't miss for me and because, because I wasn't tracking it, normally I kind of keep an eye on all pilots coming in just to, just to keep up with the news. And I probably knew this, but just lost track of it. But when this became a can't miss show for me is when I saw that Thomas Sadowski was the, playing the mayor and like he, him playing the mayor and the mayor playing a major role and what we've seen at least through the first couple of episodes is whether or not the mayor, like the mayor being a questionably good character is, is it because he's not, I mean, I don't know if we've definitively answered it, but we've definitively, we got some questions about him, right? They've definitely led us to, I, really am digging that and i think and i and i hate that i'm disappointed in myself that the most the thing that i'm finding most interesting about this show which obviously should be edie falco is you know a male character in 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 a show that should be you know it's it's driven yeah my priorities are out of whack that this is the most, this is my favorite thing about it, but unfortunately it is because. Yeah, what are the odds that the uh, political side of things, uh, the, from the true. West Wing fan, would be the, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the side the, of the story that you'd be most interested that's a, in? That's a, you're right, that the political thing, the, the political thing from the West Wing fan, from the alumni, from the other Aaron Sorkin show, is my favorite thing yeah. about this show. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fair point. I will own the flag on that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but like you're saying, it you do. You're you're not quite sure. Yeah, in the first episode, you're like, oh, is he? You know, like the, you know, the slimy mayor character type of thing. Like, and then he seems like he's not so bad, but then he's associated with some some bad people, 
And then one of those gets taken out. And at the end of the episode, you're left with, wait, did they do it? Like, right. Like he's being told that it looks like he's being told like this just happened. And, and he, but you're like, uh, but did they, cause there's a scene earlier on where they're like, kind of talk about like, what are we going to do? Like, (laughs) and, uh, and other characters tell you that, you know, that guy knows, you know, the quote unquote, where all the bodies are buried and stuff like that. And so then you start going, okay, well, how many bodies are buried because of this mayor? And then that character gets taken out and you're like, wait, did they put a hit out (laughs) or did it, or was it just a happy coincidence? And, uh, and so, yeah, you are, at the end of the first episode, you're like, uh, is he? Uh, I know you haven't seen the, the third episode yet, but there's a scene uh, in it, like partway through in the case that they're doing, where uh, even against some you know political pressure and stuff like that, he backs Tommy on what she, you know, he, you know, type of thing. And so even though it's not necessarily politically beneficial, like where things are headed at the time uh, for him. And so you're like, okay, that's sort of stand up. You're like, it, it, it does. It puts you back on that thing. Like, is he kind of a good guy trying to do things or is, you know, he, uh, you know, doing a lot of backhanded deal, you know, back door deals or, Back room deals. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Third time's a charm there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think Edie Falco is uh, uh, great, and uh, the show is uh, it's also thrown in some other interesting things, like uh, the family dynamic with her and her daughter uh, is is. Uh, is interesting. It's not necessarily played well. I think it's a little too over the top at the times, but I think the idea of it, of uh, a woman who is a detective and, and everything and, you know, put ended up kind of putting job and stuff first to try and move up the ranks in a mostly male dominated, you know, type of job and, and other things in her life that, uh, the family life kind of got backburnered, but she's trying to do what she can to make up for that now. But yet, uh, sometimes the you're like, I, you get the daughter's grievances, but then you're also like, come on, <laughs> like the way that some of the things happen, uh, the way that the they write some of the things that the daughter does. Uh, but overall, I think that's a potentially interesting story. I just hope they start telling you that part of it a little bit better. How about you, Lynn? Yeah, it's interesting that you guys both touched on things that I really liked and also disliked. I, I think, you know, with Ivy, what he was saying about the mayor, I love the complexity of that, where at first, you know, I, I love the fact that he was on board. He didn't, she was the best person for the job. Gender didn't have anything to play with it, um, to, with hiring her you know, he, he had her back kind of thing. And I thought that was really great. And then you see the little twists and, and what I like about it is, you know, we all watch a whack ton of television. So I think we can see things ahead of time that, you know, maybe the general viewer may not. 
And I like the fact that it's keeping us on our toes where we're like, is he a good guy? Is he not a good guy? He's starting to do stuff that's kind of starting to get a little swarmy and, you know, it leaves you a little on edge. Like, is he going to be a bad guy? Um, I really, I really liked that. The whole family dynamic, I really think it's the weakest part of the show right now. But I also think you need, I think she needed to have some reason to kind of, um, round out her Tommy's backstory and, and, you know, the struggles that she had. I mean, it is a very male dominant field. You know, there's always talk about, you know, work-life balance and sacrifice. So I think that that has to be a part of the backstory in a way. I do think it's really a bit too much. Like the fact that she moves in with her, her daughter and her daughter's having troubles in her marriage and she's got a chip on her shoulder and things like that. Um, I'm really hoping that they fix that. I did like in one of the, the most current episodes is that you get to meet her ex-husband and I loved that dynamic. I think the great thing about this series is that, again, I think this is the year where casting is such an important thing and the cast is so great. And there's, you know, I think there's, you feel like they're a really cohesive unit really quickly. Uh, which I think is really good. The one thing I don't like is Corbin Burnson playing, you know, the ex chief where he's got his big chip on his shoulder and he's trying to kind of usurp her a little bit and stuff like that. I think, you know, there's enough with the, the whole woman in a male dominated field kind of thing. And his almost seems like a, a stereotype. Like it's almost too much. Um, the fact that they're doing a lot of, issues that are happening in real life with the me too movement and different things, but they're doing it in a way that's not heavy handed, I think is really well done. So again, like Ivy said, I wasn't big on watching another cop show. Um, but because of the fact that, you know, so many people you know, looking at what's new and on the horizon, I actually do like it and I'll continue watching it for sure. Well, I think it, it has just a little bit of different spin. It's not total cop show it's it's sort of well almost there's some investigation and things like that happening or whatever you know some of the more high profile things that the chief is gonna you know end up getting involved with or whatever but i think it's also really when you look at it it's the politics of the upper administration of a major police department is also what you're seeing you're you know you're seeing they have to deal with you know, the mayor and stuff like that. They have to deal with the people in their own office. They have to deal with the public. They have to deal with the press. Like you're, you're getting the, uh, it's not all like cops on the beat or detectives solving a murder. It's uh, there's a lot of these other uh, storyline angles that while you still may get a mystery of the week, you're getting a, a lot of other uh, types of stories in it that it doesn't necessarily I'd say totally come across in like the description or the initial advertising for the show that that's what it's going to be necessarily. But yeah, I think uh, I continue to be on board as, as well. And uh, we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, which is hunters uh, season one, episode one in the belly of the whale, uh, which was the first episode. Uh, 
had planned to watch more than the first episode until the first episode was 90 minutes. <laughs> and so ended up just watching the first one. How much did you end up watching, Ivy? I don't want to answer that question. I feel like I'm going to be judged. <laughs> Well, I watched you, all of it. Oh, you watched all of it. I was going to say, if you said, if you, I was waiting for you to say, I only watched that first half of the pilot and I was out. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> I finished it. I watched yeah. it all. Sort of, we, we banked time, like, okay, we're going to watch this and, uh, and this, and then all of a sudden, and then, but didn't take into account, like, I still think in episodes are going to be like 45 minutes with the, out the commercials and, maybe something on the streaming service is closer to a full hour, you know, type of thing. And then, but there's no telling what an episode length from episode to episode is going to be on a streaming service uh, sometimes. But it kind of was, when you think about it, 90 minutes, it was like watching the first two episodes. It was like a back-to-back two-hour premiere for, uh, for a show, which they needed... Because they're setting up a lot of stuff, and they don't even get to, you know, they get to the major, you know, sort of the major uh, plot points and uh, and central, you know, character. But they, there's still a lot to be, a lot of other characters to get introduced as you, you see them at the beginning and realize you have seen them before in the episode. But uh, I quite, uh, I quite liked it though. I think it's. Uh, it's an interesting uh, idea. Uh, it's it's. I think it's told pretty well. Uh, the cast is is pretty good, and some of the cast that we haven't really met yet, I like some of those people, and so be interested to see what those characters are 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 going to be like. Uh, but uh, we'll start with you this time, Lynn. What did uh, you think of uh, <laughs> of Hunters? Well, which is, it's my which is not the sci-fi show of the same name. <laughs> it's a completely different show. Well, it's my first time seeing anything from Jordan Peele because I'm not a horror movie buff, but it definitely has a stamp from what I've seen and heard. Um, it's super, you know, for people who don't know, it's super, it's very violent and it can be disturbing for a lot of people, but I think it should be because of some of the you know, issues that they're talking about in a way that's, it's hard to say like Nazis are entertaining because that sounds so wrong, but it's like the fact that they're hunting Nazis is, you know, the storyline and some of the backstory um, was a bit hard to watch. Uh, But I think what, what really struck me too was like, I know I kind of go on the technical things or whatever, but the, it really is a great showcase of the production designers, like making it a gritty New York city and, and the fact that it's sort of dated, you know, I definitely want to see more because I want to see how they, they flesh out everything. Um, it, you know, it's typically not a show I would probably watch, but I'm heavily influenced by my friends who like shows, right? Ivy. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to see, to seeing more of it, but, I had zero expectations, so to be honest, I didn't know what to expect um, based only on the, the the minute information that I had going into it, which is sometimes the best way to watch something with having zero expectations. So I'm really interested to see what else happens. I mean, great cast again. So, 
Yeah, it definitely has a great look to it. Uh, the the production design of and the recreation of the time period is crazy good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, from all the the set pieces and all that type of stuff is was was really good. Like it it looks really good on on screen as well. And uh, I want Al Pacino's. Uh, <laughs> TV movie viewing room that he has at his place. (laughs) I was like, you get to that scene. I was like, man, for even like back then, like in the seventies, I go, that's a fantastic big screen you've got going on. (laughs) An old school man cave. How about you, Ivy? Yeah, I, um, I mean, this is the kind of thing that was like made for me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I will say I, I will say I outright reject. There's been a lot of comparisons to Quentin Tarantino um, and uh, Inglorious Bastards in, in particular. And I really reject those comparisons um, there. I, there is violence. Right. I mean, I don't want to say that this is not a violent show, but the. To me, the violence isn't like hyper stylized like you would find in Kill Bill or Inglorious Bastards. Um, it's there are some moments, and I don't think there was I don't think there was one in the in the first episode. I know you're gonna get it within the first two or three minutes of the second second episode. I can't I don't remember if there's one in the first, but there is a, a really hyper realized moment. In the second episode, when the rest of the the rest of the hunters get introduced, it's it's almost. Do either of you guys watch The Good Wife? No, I mean, excuse me, not The Good Wife, The Good Fight, the uh, CBS All Access show. That's only that's, saw that's the off. yeah, only saw the first couple really. Okay, there, there's they they have these moments where they it's um there are these hyper realized moments on the show, and it's. There they well and so on on hunters and I'm spoiling a little but I don't think I'm spoiling anything that's good when they introduce the the rest of the team they're almost like wrestlers introductions but almost like cartoonish wrestlers introductions um, and so it pulls you out and it's and it's it's stylized right it's it's completely atypical of the rest of the show and there's moments like that sprinkled throughout the rest of the show and that is something that is i don't know if it's tarantino-esque but it's you see some of that in kill bill um and so because of that i think there are a lot of there are all these illusions and all these comparisons that are made to Inglorious Pastors and the Tarantino works. Um, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's accurate. I think this is something that is its own thing. It's not. Um, I heard on the Hollywood Reporter they made a um, Jew exploitation instead of black exploitation kind of comparison as well, and I, I think this is you take these hyper realized moments out of it, and it is, if it is anything, it is a superhero show where the superheroes just don't have powers, and their mission is very specific. Um, I think it's very very enjoyable. I'm going to leave out whether or not it's good for someone else to decide because I don't care if it's good or not. I enjoy it. And that's kind of 
the only metric that matters to me in this conversation. Um, I, there's a lot. There's a lot of people that are saying it's it's crap, but I'm enjoying it anyways. I don't care if if that's the case, then I'm I'm enjoying it. That's all that matters. Um, there's been a lot of. I mean, there's some controversy around the show that has come out this week on where the the creators have made a conscious decision to um, fictionalize some of the Holocaust horrors that they've injected into the show as to not use real horrors that that have taken place. Um, And I think that might hurt the show long term. I think it was the right decision um, if if they're going to, I don't want to call this a satire, but if they're going to, if they're going to be, if they're, because I don't want to take, I don't want to say that they don't take this subject matter seriously because they do, but if they are going to, if they're going to treat it, if they're going to treat the sub, the subject matter, not like, and not one hundred percent seriously, I don't think you can use a hundred percent real historical moments in doing so. I mean, they consciously made a decision when they were, when they, when they use, when hair, when makeup did the tattooed numbers, they consciously made a decision to ensure that they never used a real number. They used numbers that were higher than the actual tattooed numbers that were, that were historically accurate. Right. So they made, they made conscious decisions not to be historically accurate in certain circumstances. And they're getting some backlash on that. And I don't, I don't know that that's a good or a bad thing. There are smarter, more learned people than me that are going to have those conversations. I, it, it may or may not hurt the show in the long run. I'm going, I'm rambling. I really liked this show. I think it's incredibly well made. I think they were, like you said, from the production value perspective, from the acting perspective, I think from a storytelling perspective, the story that they weave throughout the throughout the first season, the twists and the turns, the characters that they create. I mean, you talk about the cast. When you meet the characters that this cast inhabits and their backstories and how those backstories how how they've how these characters interact with each other in how their past and and impact who they are today and how they interact and how uh, how the how their how their stories intertwine. I mean, it's it's kind of masterful for a show that may or may not be good. I don't know, <laughs> but I love it. I really love it. And it's there's there's a lot of mythology to what they're doing separate from history, which I think is fantastic. This is definitely a show that better see that is that leaves you on several cliffhangers. So if Amazon does it doesn't pick it up for a second season, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people um, because as we were talking about earlier, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> the last the last scene the last scene will will leaves it leave, will leave people mad let me ask you guys did you because in the first episode did you guys recognize who the actress was who played the uh the survivor who recognized the congressman as a nazi oh because it was it, bugging it, me because i felt like i knew i had to, like, i, had I to recognized her and i didn't and she was a redhead no, it was, well, but she, she, the thing that you would recognize her from, she was definitely blonde. Um, but I had oh, to look no. her up because she was, was driving me up the wall. She was from Coyote Ugly. Isabella oh, my Mika. gosh. Coyote's from Coyote Ugly. 
now that makes me sad that I did. I, that I, I, I felt like there was a face behind, like I recognized her from something. And I mean, that's one of the guilty pleasure of movies. So now I feel very, very bad that I didn't know. And I'm glad you looked that up. I feel like I'm getting worse with <laughs> where I recognize faces, but then sometimes it takes like a really long time, even to like, go like try and place them in another show or another thing that you can go and, uh, or, and try and, and, but ultimately you have to get, go and look it up. I think it's the IMDB ification of my brain is that uh, that's just become an extension. And so I don't need to hold that information up here. I can just go look at it anytime. And so the, the recall of, of character names and, and actor names and stuff like that just uh, like escapes me like way more than it used to. The, the we're number- getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had to force myself to stop looking at credits at the beginning of of shows because, especially like guest credits, because i I don't want to see I don't want to see when an actor I like is coming on a show. I like to be surprised. So like. You know, like we're going to talk about um, Briar Patch here in a second. Um, and there was a couple of people in this episode of Briar Patch that I didn't know were going to be on the show. And when I saw their names pop up, I was irritated that, you know, when they popped up in the show, it's like I would have much rather just say, oh, hey, so and so just rolled across the screen. I, You know, I would have. So I try to go out of my way to not see names. So to be surprised because not everybody like me has the name because I may not recognize the faces, but I always recognize the names. <laughs> well, yeah. Then you, well, you have it the other the other way too. Yeah, if you've got the 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 guest credits rolling at the beginning of uh, or you know at the beginning of a show uh, before they ever even appear in the episode, yeah, you're like, oh, they're they're in this, and then. Uh, but yeah, we will be talking about Briar Patch. But before we get to Briar Patch, gonna talk a little uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, season one, episode three, Zoe's Extraordinary Boss. What do you think, Ivy, of the show so far? Um, you mean Eli Stone series two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, I really like the show. I am waiting to see where it goes. I mean, I think, which is unfair for me to say that in the third episode. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see what happens next. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's a crappy, it's a crappy evaluation, but after three episodes, I would have expected to do more. Um, I feel like, and I, I, I keep making, I've made this, I've made the Eli Stone comparison probably way too much, but I feel like, but I don't think it's an unfair comparison because the, the, um, the log lines are eerily similar. And I think, um, other than, um, the plot line with her family and her father in particular, um, the the stories are you know some of the characters in particular are or you know are mirrors for the sh- for the show um for Eli Stone and Zoe's so I, I don't think that the comparison's unfair um and I feel like Eli Stone had done more in three episodes than, than Zoe's had done um 
but I, I like Jane Levy. This is the first thing that I've watched her in. I didn't watch her other shows. So this is the first I've been aware of her as an actress. And I know her uh, other show had been well. Like, I know that she's an actress that everyone had been talking about her other shows for years. I just not watched it. Yeah, um, Purgatory was really good. Yeah, I think you, yeah, you and other and like I know um, Will Harris in particular have always been talking about um, her for a long time. And me being a redhead person, that it feels like it gets mentioned to me a lot. Um, I'm not particularly. Um, I'm blanking on a name. <laughs> Which is funny since we were just talking about blanking now, on names just minutes ago. And, you know, and it's going to be pretty embarrassing because it's an actress that I really like. Um, Lauren Graham? Yes, Lauren Graham. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly enjoying her on the show so far. And particularly in this episode, um, in, the, in this episode especially, like, I don't know if it's I didn't enjoy her into musical numbers. I don't know if it's I don't like the character. I did enjoy um, how the relationship between her and Zoe evolved as their boss employee relationship turned into more of a friendship thing. Um, I'm curious because um, she's listed as a special guest star rather than a full member of the cast. And Lauren Graham has, you know, is uh, already has a new gig lined up um, with on Disney plus coming up soon. So I don't know if this is a full-time gig for her. Um, but yeah, I've rambled on and not necessarily answered any specific questions. So what about you guys? I think they've <laughs> done a, well, I think it's far and away exceeded my expectations because based on the log line, it just, you're just like, oh yeah, no, not for me. Uh, but I think they've handled them pretty well. And I've mentioned it before. I think they do one of the best jobs in these types of shows of making it feel like and seem like they're actually singing. Even if in other shows, like I always point to a perfect harmony from this season, it is actually the people you're seeing on screen singing, but they do it in such a way that it looks like a really bad lip sync of themselves, that it makes it feel fake. And this seems to be shot really well where they all seem to be actually singing and it do, it feels, you know, even though they're, it's a weird thing because even though they're supposed to be like fake scenes that only she can see, they seem more realistic. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, I like that they've overall in the first three episodes, they've sort of, gone a little bit further like they had her in the second episode realized that she, she could actually talk to somebody else sometimes like somebody else could actually be having a conversation even though they're not hearing what she's hearing where in previous ones like she sees all this stuff happen but really like no times pass for anybody else uh and so it there was that little evolution. And then in this last episode, it was the, you know, when she didn't want to talk to her boss, the song kept following her around, which hadn't happened in the, you know, previous episodes where she was being, you know, stalked by the song, whether it was car horns, 
honking uh, that they couldn't get any satisfaction or a random marching band in the background at the park. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so some of those things were, were interesting. Um, but I do think it is one that while some of the stories are interesting, like the family story is, is kind of interesting. And uh, some of the other things that they've set up for some of the other characters uh, are interesting it also feels like after a while, what is there a bigger thing or is it just uh, the character of the week that she's going to help with a problem? And, you know, and then you've basically, you've created a, you've created an Eli stone or something even like a God friended me or something like that. But like, what is the, besides the thing of the week, what is the bigger thing? Like, is there, uh, you know, like God friend of me has a bigger mystery. Like they're trying to also figure out like, how is this happening? Uh, you know, is it, uh, ultimately, is it a thing like, uh, I don't know, early edition where you just accept that the uh, paper shows up a day early and you go about uh, helping somebody out, uh, because that's, uh, that's what happens and you don't really need uh, uh, other stuff. And so I don't know. I'm wondering for me, like why like it way more than I thought I was going to, if you're by the end of the season, there's not something else other than you're getting a bunch of musical numbers and she helps somebody. I don't know if it keeps me watching like past this first like shortened season. So I'm interested to see if something else develops into a, a reason to like want to continue watching past uh, what they're doing now. How about you, Lynn? Yeah, I don't know how right now it will extend past a season. Like I can't figure out what the payoff would be. The fact that some of us had it on our TV Deadpool thinking there's no way this series is going to work proves to me yeah exactly <laughs> it it proves to me yet again to me i think this season more than any other season that i can think of the shows that i'm watching are so contingent on casting and i know casting you know obviously you need to have good actors on the thing but i'm willing to watch a crappy show or a show i wouldn't necessarily consider watching because of the casting and here's one where we went in going oh yeah this isn't gonna work and yet we're still watching it and we want to know more and i think you know jane levy is amazing and i forgot where i knew her from and suburgatory was um what i had seen her in but this cast is really good i i think you know like ivy said i'm interested to know what the deal is with lauren graham because that was one of the first things i thought of maybe it's because i've been binge watching 90210 on pop TV to see this special guest star. And I remember that so clearly from the Fox days with, um, uh, Heather Locklear and the guests on 90210 that I really like her. Like Ivy said, I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not loving her character on this. I, I, I know she has to be hard edged. I feel like this last episode was really, there are moments where I thought, oh, it's great that, you know, she has somebody to confide in. But then I was like, okay, millennial, let's just basically come into our boss and say, what's wrong with you and your husband? 
And there were some things in, in some of the dialogue when, you know, she was talking and she was like, yeah, my subordinate, I kind of go, I don't know. I was kind of all over the map with that. It was, you know, it was a great way for them to move the story along and have them bond a little bit. And then it seemed a little inappropriate. I, I, I felt like it was all over the mark with, with this last episode. And yet I still want to see more. Um, some of the one-liners were really good. Like, you know, Lauren Graham got a really good uh, one-liner in the other day when she was saying um, they're going to Daytona for a conference, which is like, you know, an STD with palm trees or something like that. And or I'm probably misquoting it, but it just cracked me up. And um, some of the things, but it's such a great cast. And, you know, Alex Newell plays Mo and John Clarence Stewart. Like, they're just so good. Like, I feel like now some of the things that they've been singing, if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to be like singing the answer the way they did. Um <laughs> So I'm rambling and I have 29% on my, on my battery on my no, phone right like now. The, so uh, I do like the idea of if you need to say no, <laughs> going into the, uh, uh, yeah, the, this sequence, the, the song sequence that, uh, that the one character does the, I do like the, uh, I think the other thing about it too, is while she has seen some, you know, like she saw a bunch of other people singing in the first episode, and things to see that she had this ability type of thing. And then it became more specific uh, while she did sort of help the, uh, the gal at the coffee bar with the, uh, after seeing her sing, she also used it as a way to try and fix the problem for herself. Uh, but for the most part, the major things have come like from, you know, her dad in the first episode, her mom in this episode, her boss, you know, her best friend. And then previews for the next episode are the new friend neighbor. And that's the other thing I'm wondering about is, and you know, also the, you know, f the, the guy that she has a crush on at the office, like every, everybody so far for the most part have been in her immediate vicinity of like she knows in some way or whatever. Uh, I'm wondering, does it expand out? Like how much after a while you can't just keep uh, having her fix just her, her like the seven people closest to her's uh, friends. Like I'm, uh, I'm assuming sometime soon we're also going to get her brother's going to sing and you know her brother's wife pregnant and, wife and uh you know all like does it expand out to more than the blonde at the coffee store uh as to somebody she actually you know kind of helps or tries to help after uh she hears them sing or whatever like how how wide are they going to open this up uh you you know, where does it go into the guest star of the week becomes the, the problem that has to be fixed or, or what have you. I don't like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I still, while I like it better than I thought I was going to, I still have a lot of the same questions of why I thought it was not going to work still three episodes in. But then also when I thought it wasn't going to work, all I had was like, I knew 
Jane Levy was in it, and Lauren Graham was in it, and I then the log line like that was it. Like there was no, there was no trailers or any any type of stuff out of like what you were actually going to see or whatnot. So uh, that's a little different, but. But yeah, I do like talking about it. I do still have some of the same questions I had about how do you do something with this show, like going forward, uh, still three episodes in. So, I mean, they figured that out on Eli Stone. I don't think I don't think you create this show without a plan for that, though. Yeah, they just haven't, uh, at least that I've seen, like any hint at what uh, that's going to be. And I don't. And something like Eli Stone is so long ago. Like, I don't remember how long it was before he started getting things that were talking about a bigger thing. Like, that he might be, you know, for something bigger than just, uh, you know, helping out his friends and family or, you know, the people near him. Well, you had connectivity to his father and the pilot. Not that, I mean, not that, I mean, you don't rock, you don't rewatch Eli Stone every other year? Am I the only one? <laughs> I think you're yeah. the only one. I've, 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 with so much TV out there, I very seldom rewatch anything. Oh, that's what the summer's for, my friend. <laughs> There's so much stuff to catch up on that has dropped over the course of the year or new stuff happening in the summer. That used to be what the summer is for. Now, the, it's this is Seattle. Summer's for going outside. The winter is for watching TV. <laughs> That's the great part about not you know, about not about being Ivy from nowhere.com is that I get to watch what I want to watch, not what I have to watch. Well, since it's from my own side, I can watch whatever I want. <laughs> the problem is is there's a lot of things I want to watch and for the most part I'd rather try something new out as opposed to watch something again that I, you know, really liked uh, previously. I mean, I still do on occasion, you know, watch Friends or things like that. But that's more of like it's on while you're doing something else or it's late at night and you leave the TV on. And, uh, you know, you have the familiar thing in the background because you don't have to pay attention to it to necessarily enjoy it as much as something new. (laughs) I need to be like just watching the, the TV Speaking of needing to pay attention to what you're watching, we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is Briar Patch, season one, episode three. Terrible, shocking things. We'll start with you, Lynn. What do you What are you thinking of Briar Patch three episodes in? Am I thinking of terrible, shocking things? <laughs> that the first thing I think of with this show is Twin Peaks, where I would watch like the the first. Um, series and go what the heck am I watching I have no idea what I'm watching but I'm going to continue watching and I feel like this is the same way with Briar Patch um I, I mean it, it is by sh- beyond the shadow of a doubt the most slick uh gorgeous looking show I've seen all season I think it's just beautifully shot it's incredible um, it's supposed to take or they shot it in Albuquerque. I don't know if it's supposed to take place in Albuquerque. I can't remember, but you can almost see the heat on television on the screen. You know, they don't white balance somebody wearing a white suit. So he's like kind of a blur because it's so hot. Um, I, I really like 
you know, the characters Rosario Dawson, who's also producing it. Um, Edie Gathiga, who plays sort of like the lawyer sidekick. Um, and then Jay Ferguson, who, speaking of name to face, needs to update his IMDb main photo profile, but that's another story. Um, I absolutely love him in this. Um, he kind of looks like this, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Galifianakis from, um, what, not Wedding Crashers. Oh my gosh. Hang out. I mean, um, <sighs> hangover. Hangover. Thank you. Talking about being old brain fart there. Um, I really, really like him in this. I have no idea. I mean, that's my summary. I have zero idea with the show where it's going. You know, Rosario Dawson's character, she comes to investigate, you know, her, her sister's death. And there's all these, you know, car bomb explosions and things like that. The underlying storyline, I, I think I might've fallen asleep, full disclosure. So not because of the show. Um, I, I don't know if that's why I have no idea what's going on, but I really, really want to watch it. And I really want Rosario Dawson's wardrobe. <laughs> she does have a great uh, wardrobe. I want all her suits in my, it's not Rosario Dawson's size, but yeah, it, I, yeah, I just, I cannot get over how beautifully shot it is. I actually want, you know, I'm hoping that it'll show up at ATX or something, or there'll be a behind the scenes about production design on this. Cause it's just, I would love to know a little bit more about it. it just, it's just gorgeous. Anyway, How that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I've listened to Andy Greenwald's podcast for a long time now. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've been kind of listening along the way as he's been, um, talking about this show through production. Um, he, it might be worth a listen, Lynn, I think yeah. as they go epithro, as they, as they drop episodes and it got a little off track because of the, of the day move. So as they do, and it's called the watch it's on, it's from ringer.com. Um, and I think as they, every other, so they drop on Mondays and Thursdays. And I think now on the, I think they're still going to do it on the Thursday episode. They do a recap um, and they kind of talk through the episode and then they have someone, they will have someone from the show on with them. Um, and I think it was an actor last time, but I don't think it's always going to be someone from on-screen talent. I think it's going to be, I think they're going to have it rotate through so it'll be crew members as well um so that might be worth listening to it's not an official show podcast but it's this is the podcast he's been doing as a tv critic for years um and so he's continued to do it since he's been a tv writer as a showrunner he's doing it as well but so now that he's doing it the watch is still its own podcast but he's doing this portion of it as part of um in conjunction with Briar Patch, but it's like I said, it's not the official Briar Patch podcast, but it's on Thursdays they kind of do thirty minutes of Briar Patch content that it is quasi official, if that makes sense. And they 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 do a lot of behind the scenes stuff in it, is what I'm getting at. So it might be worth a listen in that regard. Um, but it's been it's been interesting following the story. Um, I'm I've I, I was not necessarily a hundred percent in after the first episode. I think. It really took some time to see where the story went in the first three. I think 
you needed to and that's you i needed to understand more the um, the storyline between allegra and jake really i needed to see more than just um allegra being in town for her sister right it needed to see it needed to be more than just that it needed to be more of whatever whatever this mystery between um jay ferguson's character jake and now um the the mystery with the you know the the whole other thing that allegra is investigating uh with the guns um, all of that other part of the story needed to be injected into what we were watching, I think, to kind of round out this whole story. I mean, this is based on a book that has been out there for a while, but I think it's changed enough. I mean, they gender um, they gender swap the character because in the book, um, it's not Allegra, but the Dill character is a male. So they've done a lot to change it. Um I've not at all. I've very specifically. This is one of those cases where I didn't want to pick up the book and read it in advance of the show. I wanted to see um, how the writers wanted to tell the story. But I mean, I, I, this is this is one of those things that not just from a production standpoint, from a casting standpoint, this is just top to bottom phenomenally well cast. I mean, I, like I, I want Kim Dickens to be in everything, right? I mean, Kim Dickens is just freaking phenomenal in everything. Um, but Brian Garrity as as the as the cop is just also one of those guys that just frick I want him to be like and then David Paymer and Ed Asner show up. Like I had no idea they were in this and they just kind of randomly show up at the party in the third episode. I'm like That's through me too. What is Ed Asner doing in this show? I had no idea. So it's 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 just one of those things that this I mean, it took me a while to get fully engaged, but now that I am, I think I'm in pretty hard. I don't know if it's the time frame of when I've been watching it or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I found it a little hard to follow of what is actually happening, but it's so shot well. It's so stylized, and I like some of the characters and the actors. And then uh, when you have... uh, the uh, Brattle character show up uh, Win Duffy style at the uh, end of uh, at the end of the episode, and then all of a sudden she's checking out this you know defunct warehouse thing and hundreds of <laughs> oh, thrones uh, are are charging and then decide to take flight. You're like, okay, wait, okay, who's behind this and what's happening and is and and now you're going is Jake. Like, are they that close? Like, would he throw her under the bus, like, to save himself uh, type of thing? Uh, is he way more dangerous than he seems to be, but, or at least, or even to her, uh, where, you know, when he's talking earlier about, like, we're family or whatever, you get the feeling that, like, yeah, he's not the greatest guy and he's out to make money for himself and to party and, and whatnot, but that he actually, you know, does care for her and then you listen to the other guy and you're like well i don't know can you trust him even when he's talking to somebody that's supposed to be like a longtime friend uh but yeah the but all of the different things that are that are showing up in it, yeah the, uh at at the at the party all all the different characters and how they they're intermingling and how you know they they weave in now this 
this other character that's the border patrol and uh and it, they kind of seamlessly come in but then you start going okay wait why is uh <laughs> what is this person now like what am i supposed to uh and then when they they do at the end like he turns on the radio and it's talking about you know there's a killer about or whatever and he's like do you want a ride and then like she looks like oh i could use a ride but then she hears the story and then changes her mind about taking a ride uh, and and then it makes you go wait is this guy weird somehow too like uh, uh so everybody has uh you know like uh, kim dickens as the you know like the chief or whatever is sort of weird but then you see in the previous episode, like she's sort of in cahoots with the the guy, uh, the you know the the reporter guy or whatever. Uh, that that was all kind of a show that she put on, uh, throwing stuff at him or whatever, kicking him out of the bar. Uh, and so, like everybody's got something uh, going on, and then to have now there's a a recording floating around from the place where she actually lived. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I still feel like I'm not quite sure what's going on, but mm -hmm. I'm on board to, uh, try and figure it out. <laughs> like, uh, just because of this one is one where the, uh, the style and then some of the characters and stuff like that are keeping me in over the substance of what's actually going on. Uh, so far yeah it's interesting and i think len you mentioned the um the lynchian kind of connections the twin peaks connections early on i think there's that odd kind of feeling right that aura almost to it i think I'm like, I don't want to say it's just as simple. It's just as easy as the animals just kind of randomly walking the streets. But yeah. Maybe, yeah. It is, maybe it is just as simple as that oddity of just like the, you know, the giraffes hanging out at Jake's house or the animals just randomly showing up as the that distracted Allegra's the Winnebago pulled up. I mean, it's it does kind of give that aura of weirdness that makes shooting it i mean i know it's not that that doesn't make it twin peaks right because there's a whole lot more that 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 gives david lynch that makes something twin peaks but it just gives it gives just gives that small new mexican town this sense of otherworldliness that points you in that direction right so um not that i'm a, i mean not that I'm a Twin Peaks fan. I'm not. It's not. That's not. So it's not that what I like about it. But it's it's this mystery. Right. It's this. You don't know. I You don't know what's going on. And I kind of like that. I didn't think I would. I, I certainly didn't after the first episode, because I don't think there was enough there in the first episode. But now there's there's now there's too many darn questions, and I got I've got to know what they, I got to know the answers, y'all. I got to know. We got to know. I I actually kind of hope that some of those quirky characters come back. Like the one that made me laugh, besides, um, you know, your favorite was it Kim Kim Dickens, um, was uh, the woman that she met coming out of the thing, and she's like, I know you. I think we went to school together, and she went on this big monologue. Is like, well, I got I I got the mold gene, and 
And it just cracked me up because it was so, you know, she's trying to get away. And, and Rosario Dawson's character is so deadpan. Like she's got, like, there's no emoting really. And she's like trying to get away. And it just cracked me up. I almost want that woman to come back in. <laughs> and the same thing with like the woman, you know, uh, the tenant or whatever that was staying at, at the, uh, the apartment or whatever, who was trying to kind of, uh, she was kind of quirky in her little, you know, Daisy Dukes and stuff like that. Like they probably are inconsequential to the storyline, but they were so fun. You kind of want them to come back. Well, the the tenant in particular, she was one of the first guests on the podcast. And, and, and Andy's talked about her a couple of times. She was one of those people that was intended to be in one or two episodes, but he enjoyed the performance and enjoyed writing for her so much that she's in nine out of 10 episodes. And Love she was it. intended to be in, like I said, two or three episodes because the character was isn't important to the to the central mystery of the story. Um, but I mean, I think there were like this. There was a scene in the second in the first episode, like the where in the like one of the later scenes with with her, her talking to the boyfriend or their her live in guy or whatever. That was all just them sitting there um, um, improv back and forth. And it's just one of those things. It's just fun. It's quirk. Like you said, it's just quirk. I don't even yeah. call it quirky. It's just it's just piles of quirk just sitting there on the screen. Just weirdness. That should be our new na- na- blog line now. Piles of quirk. Yeah. <laughs> Buckets even. Yeah, the new podcast coming from. <laughs> uh, but no, I like uh, all the different, you know, a bunch of different things. And I, I, I really liked that after the second time she comes back to her hotel room and somebody's inside it, that she just goes to the store and buys a drill and puts a deadbolt <laughs> on the hotel room door. Uh, you know, like who would do that? But, uh, yeah. uh, but there, yeah, there's just a, a bunch of, uh, of, of weird stuff uh, happening, but I think some of it's quirk for quirk. And I think some of it's going to come back around and pay off. Uh, in 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 other things too, so uh, at least that's the hope. But uh, I think that'll do it for Briar Patch and uh, for the uh, prime time segment, and we'll move on to uh, TV recommendations, which uh, we haven't done for a while on the podcast. But uh, one of the things we talked about in the uh, winter TV preview that uh, one of the shows that I was looking forward to just. Mainly another one of those, like, it sounds like a quirky idea and really like a lot of people that I saw that was going to be in the cast. And so it sounded, sounded interesting, but, uh, is Avenue five that's uh, playing on HBO right now. It's, it's so weirdly out there, like, uh, but there's something once or twice an episode that is laugh out loud, funny to me. And there's a bunch of other stuff that just is, you know, it's kind of humorous or whatever, but there's, it's just weird, but the whole idea is weird. You know, it's a, it's, it's sort of the love boat in space, except it gets stuck. And so you're, you're left with everybody that's on there. That's now on a much longer journey than they originally thought they were going to be on. And, uh, but from week to week, the, what you find out about some of these characters and and stuff, and uh, uh, 
Zach Woods as the, I don't know, I guess he would be the, uh, the gopher slash Julie character from, <laughs> from Love Boat. Like, he's uh, supposed to help with the passengers and stuff like that, but his, his way of helping is, like, sort of maybe what you would want to do in a situation, but not necessarily what you should do. But he just does it, like, uh, straight away, and you're just like, wait, would the customer relations person, <laughs> should they say that or, or do that? Uh, how did you get this job? Uh, but, but very funny, but then uh, Hugh Laurie... Uh, is great as the uh, captain of the ship, and and then there's a bunch of other recognizable faces that you've uh, uh, seen from uh, you know lots of other things that have uh, that have showed up, and uh, and it's just I don't know I'm really enjoying it even more than I thought I might based on going into it, and uh, but that's my recommendation if you haven't been watching. Uh, Avenue five and you like a uh, sort of a, a weird sat satirical quirky comedy, uh, type of thing. Uh, check it out. I, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's really funny. How about you, Lynn? You got a recommendation for, uh, anything you've, uh, anything other than going back and watching four episodes a day on, of Beverly Hills 90210 on pop TV. Honestly, pop TV should just, you know, hire me because I, that's the only channel besides all the stuff we've been talking about. I've been watching and the PBR is getting a workout. Um, it's strangely enough. And uh, for somebody who doesn't watch sitcoms that much, I'm really liking the Connors this year. I mean, I, I kind of watched a little bit of Rosanna and then I kind of fell off the wayside and then everything hit the fan, but they're dealing with things in such a great way for a sitcom, I mean, dealing with the loss of a spouse, you know, um, John Goodman can, I, I watch him read the phone book. He's just so brilliant and he's been so good at it. And they've hit with, you know, some pretty heavy topics and they've done it in a way that, you know, is meaningful, um, but still funny at the same time. So I've really enjoyed that. Uh, and I've, I'm going to plug prodigal son cause I'm still loving it. And Michael Sheen, I mean, what a cool role to play because he really has not much interaction with people. He is just completely psycho, um, you know, but he's just so brilliant. Like it could be so easy just to play like a psycho and not have any depth or anything. And it, I, I just really, really have enjoyed it. Um, so those would be my two. I cheated. I did too. I was about to judge you for, for, um, recommending more than one thing <laughs> judge away how about you ivy um i really want to recommend this this little show on fox called almost family serious <laughs> <laughs> serious <laughs> serious really finale <laughs> this last saturday <laughs> <laughs> no not even not even i'm still watching that one guys thank I'm, you ivy um, not saying that I won't watch it, burn it off on a Saturday afternoon at some point, but, um, I'm clicking my teeth and rejoicing. Um, yeah, you will, you will, you will love to know. You, I mean, I will even spoil this to tell you that, um, Brittany Snow's character isn't even biologically related to the things because she was not even her, his daughter. Um, so yeah. 
No, the longtime listeners of like the three or four times I've been on this show will will not at all be surprised by my recommendation. But um, the Expanse was was saved by by Amazon, and they finally released season four uh, just a couple of months ago in December. Um, and if you have not had an opportunity uh, to take a little take a little spin into your Amazon Prime Video app and watch the fourth season of The Expanse. Uh, and if you watched the show before, you should definitely do that. The uh, the fourth season of The Expanse kind of covers uh, what is not exactly the most exciting book in the series, or at least what I would call my least favorite book in the series. Um, but it does a really good job of of expanding what's in that book to include um storylines both in the belt and back on earth instead of just um just following the rossi uh as it was uh, kind of exploring uh a, a new planet um so it ties so it keeps characters engaged in the story that wouldn't otherwise uh be engaged you can tell it was on an amazon you can tell the story with story the the show was shot on an amazon budget and not on a sci-fi budget you it is so much prettier in that beautiful, beautiful 4K uh, UHD versus uh, the 720, 720p that we would you know, likely get on sci-fi. Um, it did a great job of setting up the fifth season, um, which is probably some of the most exciting stuff that the, that the show will have to, I would, it would, in my opinion, the book series has to offer. So um, again, if you watch the show on sci-fi and you didn't know that Amazon saved it, uh, please do yourself a favor and run, don't walk to your Amazon Prime Video app uh, and get to, get to streaming because it's a good watch. Yeah, that's one I need to to catch up on, except I need to watch season three before I can watch uh, season four. Is uh, I really enjoyed The Expanse when it first came out. Like, uh, that Expanse, Killjoys, all this, a lot of space shows that I really liked, like all at the same time. But, uh, but yeah, fell fell off a, a little bit. Uh, but then it was one of those shows, like, oh, it got canceled. And so, I think that was one where I just went, uh, I don't want to watch knowing that they're not getting to a conclusion that they would be wanting to get to. And then it got saved. And then I was like, man, I wish I hadn't deleted that season off the DVR and actually watched it. It's all on Amazon, though. Well, I know. It's it's all there now to, to watch. But at the time, like, it, it went away. And so it came out of the, you know, it kind of came out of the, uh, I don't know, the rotation, so to speak. Like, it wasn't in. And then and then now there's a whole other season after it. And so now I'm two seasons behind. And uh Every nope. time, every time that You're happens, season and a half because you watch some of season <laughs> yeah. three, and so it, uh, I don't know, it builds, it continues to build on itself. But uh, but yeah, but I really enjoyed it in the beginning. So yeah, it's definitely one I, I, it's on the, the list of the probably the top five to ten things I want to catch up with that I've uh, fallen behind on. So so yeah, I had to, I. had if you've never watched any of The Expanse, I would uh, jump on Ivy's recommendation and say if you like space dramas, you know, type of thing, the sci-fi, this is one of the better ones that's been out there in a long time. 
Yes. Yes, it is. You get the action and the, the space stuff, but you also get the politics back on Earth. Which, just ex- trying to help explain why Ivy's so into the show a little bit. Well, I mean, are you, you feel like you boxed me in a little bit there. I feel like... I feel like Jason thinks I only watch shows because of politics, and Lynn only thinks I watch shows because of redheads. Not true. I feel like I feel like I've been stereotyped. I feel I feel judged until that until next season when that uh, when that show comes out with starring the redhead as as the new uh, you know governor of the state. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Illinois or something like that. And uh, Ivy will be totally on board. All right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we only tease because we love. That's uh But uh, with that, as always, you can find uh, links to our recommendations uh, as well as where you can uh, contact us to chat TV uh, online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 419. And... Uh, Thanks, Lynn and Ivy, for joining me on uh, the latest episode of TV Times 3. You're welcome. Thank you. you.